Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Dr. Gina, primetime Vice President Kamala Harris has finally done something to address the surge of illegal immigrants. Unfortunately, it's going to cost you money. And we'll check in with Real America's Voice, Save America's Freedom Bus Tour, and our very own Ben Burkwam. Hypocrisy abounds as the CDC reverses course for some Americans when it comes to masks. And finally, the Gavin Newsom era could soon be over in California. Radio host Andrea Kay joined us later to break down the recall vote. Good evening, I'm Jessica Rivera in for Dr. Gina tonight, and this is Primetime. In case you were wondering, Vice President Kamala Harris still has not found the time to make her way down to the southern border crisis, but the Vice President did make time to host a virtual meeting with Guatemala's president on the root causes of illegal immigration at the border. There are also long-standing issues that um, are often called the root causes of immigration. We are looking at the issue of poverty, and the lack, therefore, of economic opportunities, the issue of extreme weather conditions uh, and the lack of climate adaptation, as well as corruption and the lack of good governance, and violence against women, indigenous people, LGBTQ people, and Afro-descendants. Harris has also found the time to travel to other places like the state of New Hampshire to promote President Joe Biden's infrastructure plan. But when it comes to people demanding her to see the crisis firsthand, the vice president says the demands, they're just political games. But you know who has made time to visit the southern border and very often as our very own Real America's Voice correspondent, Ben Burkwam. Welcome, Ben, to the show. Hey, Jessica, thanks for having us. Uh, it's been wild. We're down here, you know, hearing that nonsense come from Kamala Harris. Uh, it's just it's just more woke speak. It has nothing to do with the reality of what we're seeing down here. Climate change and all of this nonsense. What is happening down here is 100 percent driven by two things. Our policies in America and cartels enriching themselves in Mexico. This is we, we are inviting this into our country uh, and it's we actually have Border Patrol heading across the river right behind us there. We are down on the border. We finally made it down here. I'm here with Jeremy Harold of Live From America. Jeremy, we've ridden this bus, the Save America Freedom Tour bus, all the way down here. We're here. We're here. We just went down uh, to another part. <clears throat> you can see we're going to walk you over where you can see where how the border wall should look. Uh, and we were just where it, it looked where, you know, it was overgrown. Tell us about the experience so far and what you've seen, what your, your thoughts are. Well, I got to tell you, first and foremost, when I asked the owner of this land, <clears throat> if you were to compare right now, what's going on right now, how bad is it compared to any other time in history? I said, we hear the news, we watch the news from all over the country. How bad is, it, is this border crossing now compared to any time in history? You know what he told me? He said, it's a hundred times worse right now 
than it's ever been. He said when President Trump was in office, they were, they were still coming over, but it was very scarce and they would run and they would hide because they didn't want to be caught coming over. He said now they come over by the by the 50, 40, 100 at a time, and they just go right up and they, they walk up to Border Patrol and Border Patrol gives them, he said they give them a mask, bottle of water, take some pictures, and they bring them right to some facility. And what you and I just saw down there when we walked through the weeds, through the wilderness, I, I, I can't even believe what I saw. I mean, we, saw, we found birth certificates, we found backpacks, we found children's clothes, we found syringes. We found, I mean, things as a father of five, I can't even fathom bringing kids across uh, the border, whether you're trafficking them or whether you're just literally trying to get them to a different country. It, 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 it's, it's sickening. It's President Biden's fault. It's Kamala Harris's fault. And the fact that regular citizens like you and me and with this great news uh, network, Real America's Voice, we have to come down here to, to get the word out to the rest of the country. It's not the way it should be. It's not the way it should be, Ben. Uh, absolutely. I've been doing this for a long time and I want to bring you guys over here now. Uh, we are at the wall uh, and it's not the way it should be. Everywhere I go, it, it is worse and worse. You can see this big, beautiful wall that Tommy Fisher of Fisher Industries built. Now, this area here used to be completely overgrown. The radical environmentalists didn't want this to happen. They didn't want this to be uncovered. Uh, but this helps Border Patrol. You can see the river. This is the Rio Grande River behind us here. This is where we're going to have our event tomorrow. Unlike anything else we've ever had, uh, anything else I've ever seen, we're going to be here. Ken Paxson's going to be joining us. We're going to have Border Patrol with us. And we're also going to have angel families. And this, to me, is really what it's all about. We're going to have locals, ranchers, uh, business owners that are being affected by this. But really, when you talk about people, Jessica, who have experienced the worst of what this chaos has to offer, uh, this, is, this is really it. These are angel moms. Laura Wilkerson and Agnes Gibney, and we're going to have a couple more with us tomorrow. Laura, real quick, tell us your story about your son, Josh. My son, Josh, was 18, and I sent him to school one day, and he didn't come home that day. An illegal alien uh, that he was giving a ride home to chose to kill him, and he first hit him in the face so hard that Josh couldn't see or fight back, and then he took his knee and kneed him in the stomach so that it spliced Joshua's spleen in two. It was torturous. He then uh, took a closet rod and beat him over the head with it till the closet rod broke. Joshua was still moving and um, he strangled him over and over and over until he died. And then he tied about 13 ropes around Joshua's neck through his back belt loop to his hand and feet, lifted him on his shoulder, put him in Joshua's truck, drove around, bought $2 worth of gas, put him in a field and set him on fire. You know, we, we have to control our borders. I realize not everyone that comes over here does that, but we have to control our borders. America won't be America anymore without borders. We're gonna be exactly what these other companies, other countries are fleeing from. And you know, we've got to have border security. America is worth it. We need people to come over the right way, come in the front door, give us, tell us who you are and come do the process to what it takes to be an American. It's worth it. America is worth it. If we don't change something soon, it won't be worth it anymore. It's heartbreaking. Uh, and Agnes, we're actually celebrating. Uh, uh, celebrating is the wrong word. Today's the anniversary of uh, the most tragic day in your life. Absolutely. Today, 19 years ago, my only son, my firstborn, Ronald, was shot and killed by a previously deported criminal illegal alien gang member. He unfortunately has been released in 2019. 
and I'm proud to say that I worked diligently to get him deported. He was deported. Unfortunately, he might be back in, in our country. We have to stop this. As you know, Ben, I'm a legal immigrant. My family followed the law. We never for a day thought about voting illegally because we knew we didn't have a right until I became a U.S. citizen. I was born in a communist country and our country took our citizenship away. So when we immigrated to the United States, we immigrated as stateless, meaning we didn't belong anywhere. This is the country that I call home. This is the country I'm fighting for, and I'll fight until my last breath. And I pray for, for this country every day. Please do not take your freedom, your First and Second Amendment rights for granted, because if you lose that, you lose everything. My family gave up, left your family, their everything behind for freedom. We should not take it for granted. We only have one United States of America, and if we lose it, we lose it all. You know, we talk an awful lot about the American dream on this network. Uh, we, we talk to a lot of people that have experienced it and come here. And I have to say, in talking to angel families and angel moms, uh, this is the American nightmare. And this was created by Democrats in America and this open borders leftist policy. Jessica. Ben, before you go, those are just heart-wrenching stories to hear from those angel moms. Our hearts go out to them. But really quickly, I know you are on this bus tour. If you can kind of give our viewers the name of the bus tour, kind of what it's about, where you guys started, and about tomorrow's special, what they can expect. It's the Save America Freedom Tour, and it was sponsored by Jeremy Harold of uh, jeremyharold.com, live from America. Uh, we started in Atlanta, Georgia at the Star Cafe with star coaches, Danny Hamilton, who's joined us on this trip. And we've made our way down there, uh, to this point. McAllen, this is the end point and the first leg of our journey. This is a uh, journey that Real America's Voice is going to be taking across America, coming to your neighborhoods. We want to talk to the American people. We want to hear from you, the Real America's Voice. Uh, get those stories and the stories that we're going to be sharing with the, the, this country over the next days and weeks of what we experienced, what we saw on the way, are just incredible. Uh, stories that you don't hear or see on any other network. But we chose this point as the first destination because it's so critical to the future of this nation. Tomorrow we're going to be having a special from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern here. Again, with Border Patrol agents, with Ken Paxton, the uh, AG here in, in Texas, as well as locals, angel moms. And it's, it's really to get the word out of what is really happening down here and what America needs to know. While Joe Biden and Kamala Harris refused to talk about this, and while the left continued to lie about what's happening down here, we're going to tell you the truth only on Real America's Voice. It's, it's going to be incredible. I can tell you right now, uh, God has been working in this entire process, and I, you do not want to miss what you see tomorrow. All right. Well, thank you, Ben, so much for all of your coverage there at the border, and we look forward to tomorrow's special. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jessica. And Customs and Border Patrol is distributing Vice President Kamala Harris's book to illegal immigrant children. Yesterday on this show, Dr. Gina wondered what would have happened if something like this happened in the Trump years. Take a listen. Well, Kamala Harris was put in charge of the border crisis by Joe Biden, but she's not doing much. She hasn't made a visit to the border yet, even though it's pretty easy for her to get there. Any member of media, including our border correspondents, could help her find her way, but even though Kamala hasn't been there, lucky illegal immigrant children are getting copies of her children's book called Superheroes Are Everywhere. Hmm, I wonder what the headlines would say if the federal government started distributing the art of the deal 
back during the Trump years. Dr. Gina is certainly right in that comment. And keep it here with us on Real America's Voice because when we return back here on Dr. Gina Primetime, you'll hear the leaked audio between former Secretary of State John Kerry and one of America's notorious enemies. And you don't want to miss it. Keep it here. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Dr. Gina tonight. And former Secretary of State John Kerry is facing calls to resign from Republicans in Congress after details have surfaced of his alleged ties to Iran during the Trump administration. This comes as Iranian Foreign Minister Javad Zarif claims in a leaked recording that Kerry spoke with Zarif directly about 200-plus covert attacks on Iranian interests during President Trump's administration. Zarif made the comments in a March interview with an Iranian journalist and was initially reported by the New York Times. Kerry was quick to deny any wrongdoings in the tweet, saying, this story and these allegations are unequivocally false. This never happened, either when I was Secretary of State or since. But that hasn't quieted the calls for Kerry's resignation, with some lawmakers calling Kerry's actions treasonous. But Madam President, if this is true, if John Kerry told Iran, the leaders of Iran, about issues relating to our most critical ally in the region, Israel, who Iran has repeatedly said they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth, if he did this, he needs to resign. And Kerry, the former Secretary of State, Massachusetts Senator, and Democratic presidential nominee, currently serves as President Joe Biden's climate envoy on the NSC and was a chief negotiator of the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. And for more on this, I want to bring in retired U.S. Navy intel officer and former FBI National Joint Terrorism Task Force member, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers. Lieutenant Rogers, thank you for joining us today and welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Okay, so I want to start here. Isn't this similar to what destroyed General Flynn's life? Very similar to what destroyed his life. Very similar to how they tried to destroy President Trump. Now, a couple of things need to go on here. Unfortunately, we're already running into roadblocks by the Democrat Socialist-controlled Congress to even go near an investigation of John Kerry. So two things need to go on. One, yes, there needs to be an investigation by the United States government. But I don't trust the DOJ. I don't trust the Congress. But you know who I trust? And I think the American people trust the Israeli government. Israeli intelligence agencies and their Justice Department need also to launch an investigation. If John Kerry has nothing to hide, he should appear before Congress immediately and clear his name. But apparently they have something to hide because he's not quick to do that. And uh, President Trump was called a Russian asset for his entire presidency. I think everybody knows that. That's no secret. But we don't hear anyone calling John Kerry an Iranian asset. As a matter of fact, today on mainstream media, you really heard little to no coverage about this issue. What do you say to that? 
Well, it doesn't fit their narrative. And who are they? Again, it's the Democrat socialists and those in the mainstream media who embrace that agenda. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that when President Trump uh, was uh, accused of being a Russian asset or Mike Flynn or anyone else in the Trump administration, we all know it turned out to be a hoax. This isn't a hoax. This is an audio. This is something that needs to be looked into. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, you either did or you didn't. Uh, John Kerry, if he did something wrong, well, you better get a lawyer and you better get one quick. If you didn't, then come before Congress and testify before a committee that will investigate this. It's a double standard. Always has been, always will be until we, we the Republican Party, flips that U.S. Congress. And Lieutenant Rogers, what kind of implications did this, does this have on the safety of our troops if this is uh, found to be correct? Well, let's think about something more serious. What, what about the safety of the Israeli citizens of their country? I mean, we're talking about uh, John Kerry, uh, supposed to be representing the United States, handing information over to a terrorist state that has vowed to take Israel off the face of the earth. So you've got a problem there with their national security, a problem with our national security, as you just cited, our troops in Afghanistan, Iraq, and may I add, worldwide. So if he talked to Iran and, in fact, gave them information, I'm wondering, who else did he give information to? That's why you need an investigation to get digging deep into what happened, how it happened, when and where, and then take it from there. And Israel is one of our closest allies. Does this also put them in a position where they're going to be open to retaliation? Well, you know, it depends on what uh, Kerry gave the Iranians. I mean, look at that. Iran's made it pretty known. They're not going to tolerate uh, uh, anything, as they say, from the free world. So they're going to go after Israel. But I've got to tell you, they, they better be careful. Uh, I remember Menachem Begin once saying that, uh, you know what, the Star Davids flies high and strong and we could take care of ourselves. So they certainly could take care of themselves. But we need the United States of America needs to let the Israelis in the world know that we will stand with them shoulder to shoulder. And if Iran wants to do something to Israel, they're doing it to the United States. And the response will be catastrophic against the Iranian regime. And we know Iran is a major sponsor of terrorism. I don't think that's any secret to anyone in the world. So if this ends up being true of Kerry, is, uh, and he's this close with the Iranian officials, does this possibly prove that he is also a sponsor of terrorism in some way, shape, or form? Well, in my opinion, I would say yes. Look, you're giving information to a terrorist state, a terrorist state that's responsible for killing thousands of American troops in the Mideast by building IEDs, financing terrorist organizations around the world, including uh, in Israel. So uh, Kerry should be charged with treason, as far as I'm concerned, and he should be prosecuted. But I'll tell you, we, it ought to go a step further. And I hope the Israeli government takes that step further. They need to they need to investigate. If they find this guy guilty, he's got to go be uh, uh, sent off to Israel and appear before their courts. I really believe that should happen because I don't believe it's going to happen here. And while here at Real America's Voice, we're demanding that Kerry be held to the higher standard. We ask that of anybody on either side of uh, the aisle. If you're in the wrong, then you need to, um, you know, atone for it. But the mainstream media is largely staying silent on this. Like I said earlier, mainstream media, if you uh, watch today, there was very little to no coverage of this. What do you make of this? I know it's not their narrative, but do you think that this is something that could possibly really destroy the Democrat Party right now? Well, the, the, yes, the Democrat Socialist Party, I call them, are on a uh, suicide mission. 
they don't understand that this really doesn't have anything to do with Republican to Democrat. This has something to do with America's security and Israeli security. So they're going down a road that will certainly uh, bring a lot of wrath from the American people, and I'm sure from the Israeli people, and perhaps free people around the world, that will bring them to the death blow. The Democrat Socialist Party in America is committing political suicide. Let them have it, because the fact of the matter is, is that they've been going down this road a long time, and the American people have had enough. And this really, I got to tell you, this is really very bad for America, very bad for the free world. But at the end of the day, it may be good for us because it'll mean the destruction of this Democrat socialist agenda that's being embraced by the mainstream media. And what would happen to John Kerry's counterpart in Iran if the Iranian foreign minister were caught sharing secrets with America? Because maybe this is uh, something in Iran that they're also looking at because maybe they didn't know that this information was also being shared. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've got to tell you, maybe they did. Maybe for some reason that we have to find out they wanted this out to, to, to do damage to the Biden administration. Now, if they didn't, this guy will probably execute it uh, uh, within days. I mean, that's the way the Iranian regime uh, works. But uh, I tell you, that's why there needs to be an investigation. You got to wonder what is on the minds of the Iranian government. Uh, I don't know why this guy would do what he did, uh, but I've got to tell you, uh, it, there has to be an investigation. And uh, all roads seem to lead back to the Obama administration, but in this case, uh, directly to John Kerry. And Lieutenant Rogers, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you, you uh, made mention of it a little earlier. Let's say this does come to fruition, that they find out that this is actually um, authentic audio and this information was shared with one of our notorious enemies. Um, does America have the obligation to turn Kerry over to Israel and allow Israel to, I guess, you know, take their justice out on however they see fit? Or how would you see that playing out realistically? Well, realistically, uh, good question. The United States government is not obligated to turn an American citizen over to an, another court. Uh, but he should be uh, prosecuted here if he is guilty of these charges. He should not only be forced to resign, he should be fired. In fact, he should quit now and he should be prosecuted. And uh, I've got to tell you, it's bordering on treason. With regard to the Israeli government, we owe them a heck of an explanation. And uh, hey, look, they may want to uh, have him come before their court. So listen, this is going to be a real diplomatic problem for the United States as we move forward. But saying that, We've got to get down to the truth. And if guilty, we don't need a guy like him in the United States government. And Lieutenant Rogers, we know years ago what the punishment in the U.S. would have been for treason. But in today's time, realistically, what would somebody in John Kerry's position uh, be looking at as far as punishment should treason be found to be true? If treason is found to be true, he could face up to life in prison. Uh, th th that's very important to make note of, because if he got away with this, then somebody else might. Now, keep in mind that the Israeli government may want to see him. They may want to talk to him. They may want to interrogate him. The United States government is not obligated to turn him over to them. But this is a diplomatic mess that has to be rectified quickly. The people of Israel, their lives are in danger. Perhaps America's national security is in danger. But if he's found guilty of all what I just articulated, he could face life in prison. All right. Well, thank you, Lieutenant Rogers. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come on to discuss with me tonight. My pleasure. Thank you.
Okay, and when we return, find out what the CDC is now saying about mask wearing. Keep it here for more Dr. Gina Primetime. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. I'm Jessica Rivera in for Dr. Gina tonight. And the CDC has just reversed course and is now saying that it is safe to go outside without a mask on for those that are vaccinated, something we hear on primetime. And leaders like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott have been saying for months the science on mask is still up for debate. And this latest admission from the CDC only underscores that point. Now, we're not telling you what to do. If you want to wear a mask, you have every right to do so, and we support that. But we do want you to think critically about what you're being told to do, because when you hear things like this come from the CDC, it's safe to wonder what else may need some adjusting. There are many situations where fully vaccinated people do not need to wear a mask, particularly if they are outdoors, as shown by the graphic on the right. If you are fully vaccinated and want to attend a small outdoor gathering with people who are vaccinated and unvaccinated, or dine at an outdoor restaurant with friends from multiple households, the science shows if you are vaccinated, you can do so safely unmasked. And for more on the ever evolving debate on the efficacy of masks, let's bring in someone who knows a thing or two about microbiology, America's Voice News contributor, Dr. Tom Borelli. Welcome, Dr. Borelli. Hey, Jessica, great to be with you tonight. Okay, so Dr. Borelli, I want to dive right into this because the CDC is being very specific about who can and can't wear masks outside. Do you think the message they are sending is very clear? Well, Jessica, first of all, I think their messaging is very, very late. And I think from the public perception perspective, that's troubling because I, overall I think the CDC is losing credibility. As you mentioned before, Governor Abbott, Governor DeSantis have already said you don't need masks outside. And now finally the CDC is coming out and saying if you're vaccinated, you don't need to. I think they have really lost a lot of credibility. I think they live in this kind of inside bubble of CDC scientists and don't spend a lot of time in the real world. Circulating on the on Twitter, you can see a whole graphic of certain conditions. If you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, can you wear the mask? Can you wear not the mask? It looks like most of the instances, even if you're vaccinated, you're supposed to wear the mask. I think they're just being too uh, micromanaging in people's lives. They just need to sit back, relax, and give general guidance, not all all these specifics because they don't have the data behind it. I think a lot of this is they're just winging it. And when you wing it, you lose credibility. It's the old story of, you know, the boy who cried wolf. And I think in the long term, I think that's going to be most damaging to science generally, but specifically to the CDC. 
And what do you think about the science behind masks? Are Americans closer to a point where life can resume without masks? Well, Jessica, from my perspective, it's certainly if you're vaccinated, the whole purpose of the exercise is that your immune system is now trained to see if it sees the virus, the COVID-19 virus, your immune system will mobilize and take it out. I believe the vast majority of studies actually show that. There's a very small number of people who have actually had the vaccine and had some moderate, had some infection, but I don't believe those were serious. So the preponderance of the evidence means if you have vaccination, you are safe. And I think President Biden is really sending the wrong message too. I mean, he's really an embarrassment. The man's wearing a mask wherever he is. Just today in a press conference, he walks out to the podium outside and he's wearing a mask. If you want to send the right message that he's been vaccinated, you're okay to be outside, he should be doing that. I think he's really an embarrassment. He did that with that Zoom call on the climate change uh, discussion they had. He was the only one wearing a mask in a Zoom call in his office. It's, it's getting ridiculous, actually. Yeah, it almost seems like it's someone's talking to him in his camp, telling him that this is a, you know, if you don't have the mask, it looks bad, whether it makes sense or not. But now let's move on to the COVID vaccine. Reports out of West Virginia say the state is having such a hard time convincing young people to get the vaccine that they're actually having to use taxpayer funds to pay them $100 to get vaccinated. Should we be paying people to get vaccinated? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I don't think so. Look, it's up to the individual uh, to make that decision for themselves. And remember, the end game here isn't necessarily to get everybody vaccinated. The end game really is to get the most vulnerable people vaccinated at first, which are the elderly. And I believe a huge percentage of people over 65 have gotten the vaccine and they were the ones most at risk. The younger people are the ones who are at least at risk. But overall, what you're really shooting for is herd immunity. And that would be a combination of those who were vaccinated who are now immune and those who got the infection naturally and have their own immune system now protecting them. When you add those two numbers together, they think if you get to 75% of the population, you should have herd immunity. Of course, some of this can change, but the whole end of the game shouldn't be everyone must get vaccinated. The point should be we need to get to herd immunity and how can we get there? That's the goal. I believe young people are really largely unaffected by the virus, but the most important part, as I mentioned, is the elderly are getting the vaccine in huge percentages and they were the ones who are most vulnerable. And Dr. Burley, I don't know if you had a chance to see Biden's latest awkward moment, but check out what he had to say during a press conference earlier today. Will you make it faster to get for them to get the vaccine? The vaccines we will get soon. India, India. they're suffering at what this moment. What do you moment. say to the folks in will India? Look, I'm sorry, I'm going to just the last question I'll take and I'm really going to be in trouble. So, Dr. Burley, what do you think of Biden's latest gaffe and who is he going to get in trouble with? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was being a little sarcastic on Twitter, I confess. I said he's, he's going to be in trouble with reality because a lot of times, at least from my perspective, he doesn't seem to be in the real world, especially with the mask, the way he wears it. But, you know, there's something else I wanted to add that I think is important. You know, before we had COVID, there was a, a number of reports. In fact, it was a big story in the New York Times, and they were saying that right now uh, being actually too clean 
uh, makes your immune system overreactive, which means then when you see something that's foreign, your immune system is going to overreact. So in this article, they said it, it's not a bad idea for kids to be playing in dirt. Maybe they could eat some. But the problem is when you live in a too clean, too isolated environment, you're actually leaving your immune system bored and it's going to find something to work on. And they think that could relate to autoimmune disease, perhaps, or even allergies. So you know, there's a downside of you continually washing your hands and, and trying to re put, make yourself sterile, essentially. The immune system is going to look for something to do. So there's going to be another, I think, downside risk from this overemphasis of being clean. And with you saying that, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is my three-year-old is going to be great with his immune system because the kid loves dirt. Um, and I don't know if there's anything exactly. I could do to change that. But um, another question I wanted to ask you really quickly, Dr. Borelli, is we're hearing reports that a lot of people are getting the first uh, shot for their vaccine, their COVID vaccine, but they're not necessarily too excited to maybe make that second appointment or some of this said, uh, you know, point blank, they're just not going to get the second shot. What does that mean for their immune system? Does it mean it's a waste of time, the first shot? Do they have some sort of immunity or do you need that booster in order for it to work at all? Great question, Jessica. So the first shot, I think uh, Moderna and Pfizer, you know, the two RNA viruses, I think it gets you to about 65%. Uh, you'll be able to uh, be effective. And then the second shot is the booster carries you into the 90s. So certainly the booster shot is, is better. Uh, one shot is helpful. But I think this is not really new news. I mean, there's a new shingles shot out. And there, um, a lot of people don't show up for that second shot. I think it's only actually a, a minor percent that aren't showing up for the uh, second shot here with the COVID vaccines. But to, you know, the heart of your question, two's definitely better than one. One's betterly, better than nothing. Yeah, and I, it was kind of surprising to hear that because we were talking about it in the newsroom today. And I know everybody here who's gotten vaccinated are definitely getting the second shot, whether they had a, a, a good response to the first one or whether they didn't. Nobody had anything too terribly horrible. Um, but I just thought that was interesting that some people, and maybe it's just shots in general because a lot of people just don't like them. But I just thought I'd ask you since you're the perfect person to ask. <laughs> and thank you, Dr. Borelli. It's always nice having you here. Here on the show. We always appreciate your viewpoint, especially when it comes to uh, being able to discuss things like science. Thanks, Jessica. All right. And when we return, find out how close California is to ousting Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom here on Dr. Gina Primetime. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. I'm Jessica Rivera. This week, California and the rest of the nation waited on bated breath for the California Secretary of State 
to announce whether or not petitioners had collected enough signatures to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. That wait is officially over. Enough signatures have been verified to trigger a recall vote. Newsom will now have to answer to the voters of his state on his widely criticized COVID lockdown response and in what's sure to be a heated battle for the California governorship. Already, prominent Republicans, including Caitlyn Jenner, San Diego Mayor Kevin Volkoner, and former con Congressman Doug Osi and former gubernatorial candidate John Cox have announced their intentions to run. And to talk about this and more, let's welcome in radio host and California resident Andrea Kay to the show. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much for coming on to discuss today. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Of course. So first off, let's start. What is your what are your initial thoughts to the recall efforts? Well, I was excited that it actually started and more excited because it was such a grassroots movement from citizens. And I would guess, I, I don't know, uh, the, out of the 1.6 million, almost probably going to end up being 1.8 million signatures we got, Jessica. I would bet at least half were probably Democrats because we know that the state of California now has more Democrats than Republican. And so Gavin Newsom has much reason to be concerned today because he can try to blame it on the MAGA people, that we just hated the browning of California. But the reality is, is that the Democrats in this state want to go on as much as Republicans. And were you actually surprised by the sheer number of voters who signed their names to the petition? And I ask you this question because I'm originally from California, um, so I hear a lot from uh, family members, both Democrat and Republican, and how unhappy happy they were during the pandemic, how he uh, responded uh, with the lockdowns and the restrictions. Um, and this has been done a couple of other times, but they've just never garnered that kind of uh, momentum that they've needed to actually uh, get the signatures that they've needed. So were you surprised with these numbers? I was surprised, actually, that it's it's probably going to end up being verified close to two million. I wasn't surprised that they were going to they were going to cross the mark into getting it done because that and, and as exciting as it is, and we're kind of celebrating today, Jessica. The reality is the reason why we weren't surprised so many people signed it, and and we're not surprised that people went out and did this. It's it's really a sign of the devastation of what Gavin Newsom has done to the citizens. And there was no way that you could be a Democrat, independent or Republican and not put the devastation, the destruction economically on the on the, the, the minority and the low income people. There's no place else to put it except at the feet of Gavin Newsom. And he did not listen to any of the citizens when they were pushing back, when they were begging him to reopen businesses, when the citizens were pointing out that you could congregate in a Walmart, but not a church, you know, that you could, that you could go and buy pot, right? But your kids couldn't go to school. It just, it got to the point, initially there was support, but after about six months, the pain was just too great. And he just flat out didn't care because all he wanted was his agenda pushed through at the expense of the California citizens. And now he's going to pay a price. Yeah, and Andrea, I don't think it helped him uh, that he was pictured at that restaurant indoors, which he claimed to be outdoors, wearing a mask. Yeah. And then, of course, we saw that that was not the truth. So just coming out in line and not just kind of being up front with his uh, citizens kind of didn't help him. But the L.A. Times is saying that the recall is essentially fruitless and that Newsom is likely to beat it. Is this just another example of mainstream media ignoring everyday Americans? Well, yeah, 
this is just this is just like those polls, right? Um, back in 2016, telling us that Trump had no chance of winning. And you know, every time we see these polls out, it's it's all about suppression. You, now they're trying to suppress the turnout, right? Because they know when it comes to recall elections, and we did have success here one uh, years past when we recall Gray Davis and Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up winning, which kind of ended up being a loss for us. But anyway, they know that when it comes to recalls, it's all about turnout. So that's what this is about. It's about trying to tell people you don't really have a chance. He's going to stay in office, so stay home. But you know what? It's not going to work. And Andrea, we discussed some of the challengers who have announced that they will be running to unseat Newsom. But we're also hearing that Rick Grinnell and Mary Carey, names that we've heard before uh, in California, are also mulling a potential run. What do you think of this list of candidates and who do you think has the best chance to actually win the governorship? Well, first of all, hat tip to Mary Carey. It wouldn't be the state of California if we didn't have some entertainment, right? Some entertainment value. So glad she's back in the running to make us laugh. Um, I think uh, it... The best chance of winning, I think it's actually a little early. It's it's more as though right now so many Republicans and conservatives are concerned about election integrity. They're saying we can have, the way it works with the recalls, the person who gets the most votes, so we don't have to be concerned so much about splitting the vote at this point. What I'm hearing from people is that they're really excited. They, they're hoping they're going to get an announcement for Rick Grinnell. They think he has the best chance of winning, but... If we actually have fair elections, and there's a lot of Republicans and conservatives concerned about what Gavin Newsom and the Democrats are going to do to try to play some shenanigans when it comes to the vote. And Andrea, we know California is a big state, no matter if you're from there or from another state. Uh, everybody knows that. And uh, being from there, and I know you know too, that California can kind of be split up into three sections. You have Southern California, you have Central, and then you have Northern. Um, but we know, obviously, the governor is the governor of the whole state. But do you see all three areas, do you think that all three areas saw uh, the same type of lockdowns and restrictions and suffered equally uh, when it comes to uh, Newsom's pandemic restrictions? Or did some areas not see them so tight and maybe this won't really resonate with them? Well, that's a great question because that's part of the problem of what he did was it was with his color. He even had this color coded dopey system. But the reality was, is it was draconian lockdowns and shutdowns all across the state. And it didn't matter whether or not in San Diego County with four million, four million residents that we had far lower case counts and far lower hospitalizations as it did everywhere else. He just did shutdowns across the board on everybody. And it was clear that it was self-serving because he did carve outs for certain types of industries. But that was a part of the problem was that it was a one-size-fits-all and it never made sense. And then when it was clear that some areas were hit harder than others, he still didn't release the, the jackboot of tyranny off the necks of anybody. And that's really when the recall got amped up, right? So um, I, I think that it, getting back to answering how that ties into your other question about who has the best chance of winning, I think it's going to be a solid conservative who's going to come out with very clear solutions to the economic problems that have been plagued from the coronavirus. I think we need a Republican conservative to come out and say, no more mandates, no more mask mandates, no more six foot distancing mandates. Everybody gets to reopen and go live about your lives. And now it's about free markets, individual liberty and individual accountability. And I think that that will be the winning message. And I know right now this whole recall is about the COVID restrictions and people kind of just getting tired of it. Um, and really the devastation that has taken over California. But before the pandemic, 
California seemed to be on a, a, a good pace, but we know that California has struggled many years um, with much recession, um, things of that nature, depending on who's in office. Um, but I wonder, what else uh, are people looking for in a governor, just besides the pandemic-related issues? What are some other issues that California really faces that people want to see a change when it comes to their governor? That's a great question as well, because I would say the number two issue is, is not actually immigration. It's not actually the open border. You would think it would be that. But it's really the way in which the Democrat Party, the cultural Marxists, are, have seized control of our education system and turned it into indoctrination systems with crazy kind of agendas and curriculums that involve going and practically recruiting transgender kids down into kindergarten age so that they can churn out little socialists for the state. That, I would think, is probably the number one issue for voters because they figured out here in the state of California that that's really that's really the it has ties to economics as well right you look at the 20 somethings we have today that are coming out of high schools where they were indoctrinated and even before it was as bad as it is now right with the critical race theory, theory and transgenderism that that's really where the Democrats are playing the long-term game uh, game to, to transform us from a republic into their Marxist utopia so I would say the education system is probably the second uh, to the coronavirus shutdowns as an issue. And ultimately, Andrea, do you think whoever becomes governor, be that Democrat or Republican, do you foresee California um, seeing some better days sooner than later? Do you think this is going to take uh, quite a while for California to dig out of? I think it depends on who actually wins in the end. I, I, in terms of, I believe, uh, Newsom will be recalled. The first question will be, do you want to kick him out or not? I think the answer will be yes. I think then it depends on whether or not we can actually get in a, con a conservative uh, to replace Newsom. And to me, that is not Jenner, right? I, I know there's lots of conservatives going, oh, how clever would that be, right, to box the Democrats in? They've got to, you know, expose themselves as transphobic. Look, we already went down that route. You cannot be socially uh, liberal and fiscally conservative. We tried that with Schwarzenegger, and that's a huge reason why we've got the problems we've got today. We we are going to feel more pain before we can feel better because look, Jessica, how many, we just lost a congressional seat because of people leaving the state in droves. We're going to need a restoration of economic conservatism in this state. So we need to be excited about the recall, but careful about who we vote for to replace Newsom. All right. And before we let you go, Andrea, we want to get your reaction to the meme of the day. And Andrea, as you may have heard, the CDC just changed their recommendations for mask wearing outdoors. <laughs> so here we have a guy who is saying what the rest of us are thinking and have been thinking, especially Dr. Gina here on Primetime, people have been wearing masks outside. I think this is just hilarious because it's such a no-brainer and so something that, you know, I think when many of us heard before, it was not whether you believed in COVID or didn't or, you know, whatever side of the aisle you were. It really was just kind of, like I said, a no-brainer and it has been. So what about you? What are your thoughts that now the CD, it's like this big headline that you don't have to wear this outside? 
It's like, well, thank you for telling us what we already knew, right? It's like they acted like they're doing us a favor, right, by telling us that we can actually go outside and breathe some fresh air, right? I tell you why I love that meme, because I love the movie We Are the Millers. I don't know if you've seen it. And I think that they should have that actor, like, maybe do a rap video like he did of Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls and do it with him ripping his mask off or something. I think it's time that we push back with some well-placed shame on the CDC and other mask wearers. I tell you, I changed a profile of mine on social media about a month or so ago to where I said, your mask is making me uncomfortable. I think we need to start shaming the mask wearers in this country. And, and you know, that may make me sound mean, um, but, you know, uh, they're trying to shame us with our masks, right? So I think we need to take our power back. Absolutely. And I say, you know, like Dr. Gina says here on Primetime, just kind of live and let live, allow people to make the decisions that are comfortable for them. Um, and we'd all be a little happier. But Andrea Kay, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jessica. All right, and that's gonna do it for Dr. Gina Primetime tonight. Thanks for joining me. And thank you to everyone here at our your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B is up next with Damon and the crew. You do not want to miss it. And don't forget, hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth.